Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Tighten Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry next to my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. You can find the podcast on social media. On Twitter, follow us, at Tighten Up Pod. On Instagram, do the same. It's just at Tighten Up Podcast. And we are under the A to Z sports umbrella as the Titan season is in is in full swing, as well as some SEC football going on around us with the Preds in the offseason. You're going to want to follow those guys on all social media platforms to stay up to the latest Tennessee sports news. This is Sode number 34, one of the few retired numbers in Titans uh, lore, I guess. Uh, the Earl Campbell of podcast right now. And we are joined this week by our guy, Teron Davenport. I'm stoked to talk to Teron because, honestly, this is my first time ever talking to him. Uh, I, I'm very familiar with his work, read him all the time. I'm stoked to finally get him on the pod and then have him join our family tree of uncles. Titans beat writer for ESPN.com. Ever heard of it? Uh, we get into a lot with him. You're going to want to hear that interview. Um, also, there are a few notable cornerbacks freshly released and or on the trade block. Should John Robinson go after them? Hmm. <laughs> Glad you hypothetically asked, because we're going to get into that. We got an update to the Stefcon system. Spoiler, it's not good. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we got a new segment, new segment alert, called Venter's Alley, and it's pretty much what it sounds like. We're going to get into this week's loss, and we've got a ton more. Plus, we will, of course, end with Remember the Titan. But first, before we get into all of that, let's hear a word about Mill Creek Brewing Company. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Mill Creek Brewing Company, okay? They are located out in Nolensville, Tennessee at 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard. This place is sweet. For game days, for for game nights even, you're going to want to go out there and have some Mill Creek beer. Uh, they have the perfect setup, whether you want to sit outside on the patio or inside. You can watch your favorite game. You watch your favorite team on TV and, and enjoy the atmosphere with a nice, refreshing Mill Creek beer. Uh, you guys want to give them a visit when you do. Tell them that the Tighten Up podcast sent you. They have a fall cornhole classic geared up for December 5th. You're going to want to sign up for that. Go to Eventbrite to find the fall cornhole classic presented by Mill Creek Brewing Company. It's pretty cool. You, you pay you pay an entry fee of 25 a person. You get you, you know food for the day. You, you get to participate in a silent auction. You If you want to participate in the cornhole tournament, it's $200 a team. Get a partner, sign up, win, win great prizes, have a great time at Mill Creek Brewing Company. And with all of that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is October 28th, 2020. And somewhere, the 1972 Dolphins are reaching for their corkscrews. 
They're looking for their bottle openers because there is only one remaining undefeated team in the NFL. And Jack, it could have been the Titans. <laughs> it could have been. Some would say it should have been after the way that game finished. Uh, but you can't win them all. You really can't. And no one expected this Titans team to run the table. But when you have 5-0 and you and you haven't lost in so long, you wonder if you'll ever lose again. If you'll ever, if you'll ever taste the bitter taste of defeat ever, ever again. And the Titans uh, had to eat some humble pie on Sunday. The Steelers came in and worked them for, for for the first half. The Titans came out of the locker room a different team, but just too little, too late. And the foot of Steven Guskowski can only get you so far, Austin. Uh, Titans are five and one, still lead the AFC South. And I say it every week, but good teams find ways to win bad games. I'll say this. I'm still calling the Titans a good team because that was a horrific game. And they still were a missed field goal away from sending it to overtime. That game, especially that first half, was the Murphy's Law of halves. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong. It was awful. It was terrible i i wouldn't wish that first half upon my worst enemy even the jaguars that said (laughs) (laughs) that said they still were almost able to pull it out so this tells me that there is still this team is battle tested they're good but man alive i just wish that they could have had the 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 second half that they had i wish they could have had that in the first half because they just couldn't get anything going the steelers had the ball I'm I'm pretty sure from the Steelers time of possession in the first half, I'm pretty sure the Steelers still have the ball. That's how long they they held onto the football. Titans couldn't get it back and nothing you're just not going to be able to get any sort of rhythm in the first half with with those kind of numbers. The Steelers held the ball for 19 minutes in the first half. <laughs> the Titans are a team that that is built to control the clock with Derrick Henry running right. strong and and Tannehill's, you know, insane accuracy that he's displayed and his year and a half starting as a Titans quarterback. But when the Steelers have the ball for 19 minutes in the first half, they go up on you early. They go up on you by two scores early. It changes the dynamic of the football game. The Steelers held the ball for longer than one of uh, Big Ben's documentary episodes on his YouTube channel. (laughs) I don't know if you've watched those. They're, they're, they're bad. And they are, they, they feel like they're three hours long when really they're only like, the longest one, I think, is 16, 17 minutes. Big Ben the just blocked Steelers the held, The Steelers held the ball for longer than that. Gosh. It, and that, that was so frustrating because the first drive of the game, they put together a drive that lasts nearly 10 minutes, go down, score seven, and convert on half of a million first downs. Right. Uh, and, and they went on to finish 13 of 18 on third downs, and we'll get into that and how bad it was from a historical perspective here soon. But this is a Titans defense that, they the Titans were able to mask some of these issues behind wins, behind a, a team, a great team win. You know that that really suppresses the real issues on yeah. defense. Well, after a loss, the light that is going to shine on that defense is going to be even brighter. The mistakes are going to be more obvious, and it's something that the Titans and Mike Vrabel, uh, who is calling the defensive plays along with Shane Bowen. Uh, we'll have to go in and fix, whether it's defensive scheme, whether it's personnel. It, it's something that the Titans have to change. And with the trade deadline approaching, they could bring in new guys, some new blood to maybe fix some of that. But Christian Fulton gets hurt. Uh, now they may get bailed out since the Dory Jackson's coming back, but 
there are just so many issues with that defense and it doesn't, it's, it's top to bottom. It's defensive line. There's no pressure on the quarterback, the secondary there, you know, Jonathan Joseph's getting turned into cafeteria mystery meat. uh, Every time he lines up on the outside, Malcolm Butler's had a rough time. Uh, Kevin Byard hasn't been Kevin Byard. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The, the, the best players on defense have not been playing like they are the best players on the team outside of Jeffrey Simmons. Yes, you're right. And for as bad as the defense looked at times and most of the game on Sunday, still won the turnover battle and still were able to hold the Steelers to only three points in the second half. So it, we're close, man. We're so close. But Jack and I wanted to introduce a new segment this week called Venter's Alley. It's we're calling it Ventures Alley. Now, if you're from if you grew up and or have ever been to Nashville, you probably know about Printers Alley. It's you know, it's that small pocket of downtown Nashville where the sign to Printers Alley might actually be bigger than the actual alley. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like when you're going down the street, you're like, oh, this must be something big. And then it's like it's just two bars. Oh, it's a one way street with like four bars here. Yeah. And I think there might be like a hot dog stand there. I don't know. But. (laughs) It's a place you go to. If you're not familiar with Printer's Alley, it's a place you would go to as a minor to get into bars because no one ever carted there. <laughs> so uh, a lot of young folks there, but uh, and a lot of really drunk folks there. And, you know, because it was a place to do like cheap and bad karaoke. What is it? Is it Miss Kelly's is back Miss there? Miss Kelly's with, with the it, Miss Kelly's light. Just yeah. <laughs> And then what's the other, what's the other, uh, isn't there a nude, nude karaoke place down there too? I don't know. I'm not sure. They used to have Lonnie's over there, but I think Lonnie's Lonnie's Mm -hmm. Lonnie's was like the country themed bar across the street. Yeah. So look, it, 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 we all know printers alley. The point of this segment is like you, you would show up to printers alley feeling pretty good, but by the time you left, you were feeling like absolute garbage. It's like one of those places in Mm -hmm. downtown Nashville. You don't leave better than you entered. No, not at all. Not at all. This segment, Venter's Alley, we're going to show up feeling like garbage, but we're going to try and leave feeling pretty good. Okay? So we're going to hit you just – Jack and I are just going to go back and forth, hitting each other with a bunch of negatives from Sunday because, look, we we have to confront these issues head on. Okay? We're going to talk about the, the ugly. But then we're going to try and spin it and try and hit you with some of the silver linings, some of the things to be happy about, some encouragement heading into week eight, I guess. So, Jack, let's just go ahead and get started. And and I'll start uh, because to me, the most important uh, item of the list, the thing that was the worst part about Sunday. Charles Davis didn't say coffin kerner. Oh, broke my heart, Austin. Just absolutely (laughs) broke my heart. I was devastated. That we, was... we made a deal with CD. He came on last week as our guest, as I'm sure most of you know, and we cut him a deal, and mm-hmm. he agreed to this deal. We said if Brett Kern puts a ball inside the 10-yard line, right. Charles Davis is to say the words coffin kerner. Yeah. He we, was originally going to say five-yard line, but then he's like, you know what, but there's, since there's two of you, I'll, I'll, I'll double it to 10. And we we're like, we're thinking, Brett Kern putting a punt inside the 10, that's like – that's like the easiest thing. That's like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Bozo the Clown growing up, but like that's like tossing the ping pong ball into the first bucket. Like that's how easy that is for Brett Kern. <laughs> he can do it in his sleep. And and Brett Kern's put, coming into the game, the issue was him 
not being on the field, right? He he was third to last in the NFL in punts, so he only had 14 coming into the game, nine of which, by the way, landed inside the 20. Uh, this game with the field position the way it was and the Titans going three and out or six and out or, or whatever it may be, uh, Kern, just, <laughs> Kern just wasn't in in really the right spot of the field to where he could pin the, the Steelers back to the 10. I think the closest he came was the 15. But if those words, Coff and Kerner, were spoken on on air, the way in the, in the, that game was that game wasn't just you know a southeast game. That game was a national noon game practically. Yeah, so. yeah, it was. I got it in St. Louis, and I don't ever get Titans games in St. Louis, like on actual TV. I I have to usually go through uh, uh, Direct TV or something to 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 get the games. I I could just flip on my regular CBS and the rest of my friends in California were watching the Titans and and texting me d- live during the game. It was the entire country was watching Steelers Titans this week and we could have gotten national exposure for the Coffin Kerner. So close but so and, far. And then it would have forced Austin and Zach's hands to get the t-shirts going. Print the band. sports the Coffin Kerner t-shirts rolling. Um but no, it's it was all for naught. It was just one of those Sundays, you know. We, I feel almost I I feel as bad as the Titans probably did on Sunday. Almost like we failed, like we lost uh, for not getting that accomplished. But would have Jack, been great for the brand. Yeah. Um, my first thing that I want to vent about is I mentioned that the Titans had trouble on third down for uh, you know the millionth straight game of the season. Uh, Titans third down defense gave up thirteen of eighteen conversions. 13 third down conversions is the most in a single game for the Pittsburgh Steelers since Cordell Stewart, quarterback of the team in 1999. Slash, slash. Oh my gosh. 21 years ago. I, I low key. And this was, this was like pre Titans days. I loved Cordell Stewart. He was one of my favorite players in the NFL, but man alive. If we're going back to Cordell Stewart, that like Neil O'Donnell was his backup in Pittsburgh for a bit. Uh, and the Steelers haven't had bad offenses. They've had weapons throughout the decades and yeah. they haven't done what they did to the Titans on Sunday in 21 years. And uh, with that third down defense, the Titans are now dead last in the NFL in third down uh, defense with giving up 60% of third downs. That's worse than name a team in the NFL. Name one. I, it doesn't matter. Jets. The Titans are worse. Yes, Jets, Giants, uh, football team. Titans <laughs> are worse than all of them. <laughs> it's disgusting, and it's a, it's on a they're on a historically awful pace that needs to be changed immediately. And I just don't know without a bye week anymore that you can really take some time to reevaluate just the defense as a whole. It's going to be tricky to fix it. And, you know, in the swing of things, with having to prepare for teams in five six days each week, it's going to be tough. What's what's next on your list? Here's something to vent about. Brett Kern's pass to absolutely no one. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, the snap wasn't even that bad. He had plenty of time. Oh, he had plenty of time. I don't even think they were rushing. I don't even think they were rushing him. I don't think they were rushing on the They point. were setting up for a return. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a low snap. Uh, Bo Brinkley, uh, shout out Mizzou, except for on Sunday, because uh, he was struggling. He had a, he had a rough game. Maybe it was the COVID speaking. I don't know. He he just wasn't he wasn't himself. He's better than that. We know that. He's just everyone has an off day at the office. Low snap, but that one was not on him, really, because Brett could have gotten that punt off. To me, this was just Brett Kern seeing a low snap and being like, 
This he got is spooked. It. It's spooked this over. Is, he got spooked, Austin. Yeah. This is my time to shine. I'm going to pick up this football, and I'm going to just play jackpot with absolutely nobody. <laughs> he takes the football and just yells out 500 and chucks it, and nobody's there. And they end up getting a penalty on the play. So not only was it a turnover on downs, but it was a penalty for illegal uh, man downfield. Uh, Everyone was downfield. Ineligible man downfield. Yeah, because the entire team was downfield because it was supposed to be a damn punt. And that's it. Look, we love Brett Kern. You guys know that. Jack and I know that deep down in our heart how much our love for Brett Kern is. He's our he's probably our favorite Titan. That, that was bad. That was a bad look. It, and it's no, you, look, no excuses. We have to hold Brett Kern accountable just like we do the rest of the team. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't matter how strong of a relationship you're in with your wife or girlfriend. There are times where you will be pissed at that person. And, and whether Brett Kern knows that we're in a relationship with him or not is irrelevant. Right. Okay? That's that's for the authorities to determine. That's for lawyers later on down the road. <laughs> right now, we're in a relationship with him and we're pissed at him. So to take that for what it's worth. What do you got, Jack? I'm sleeping on the couch this week, Brett. Um, my last one to vent about, Steven Guskowski's back to wearing socks. Who cleared this? This is an unsanctioned move that, that went over every single higher-up's head in the building. Steven Goskowski in an interview with Kayla Anderson early on in the week said that he was going to try out a new pair of shoes this week and, and get back to being a sane person while wearing socks as well. Well, he wears socks, misses the game winning kick. Is it correlated? Definitely. Yeah. He, he, he started kicking without socks. The last kick in Denver to win the game. He got so frustrated after missing four kicks. He said to hell with the socks. We're going no socks. We're raw dogging this kick. And he made it, won the game, has three game winners on the season. He walks out Sunday, everything looks fine. Hits a 51-yarder. It's, it's, it's looking good. Roll out Goskowski from 46 to win the game. And look, he's had such an up-and-down season with all of the games that he's really saved. Um, you know, one of the games which he saved, he saved from himself from ruining. Um, this, this one kind of stings. And this has Titans fans. I think you're wrong when you say this, but... Ready to cut Brett or cut Steven Goskowski. I don't think that that's the right answer um, because what is out there is most likely not better than what Steven Goskowski is. And although he is a question mark most weeks, what he's given this team is probably better than what just about anyone else on the street could have. I'll say this. I think we need to take a, a, a little bit of the onus on this one because in previous podcasts, we have talked about how Brett should put a sock on as it gets colder. Getting cold, frostbite's the thing. Right. So f to that, I will say thank you for listening to the podcast, Mr. Goskowski. Uh, we appreciate your listenership. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> the uh, But, yeah, Stephen Goskowski, I – I think you need to go back to no socks. It's determined. If no you socks. wore a sock last week, it go back to non socks, dude. I don't care. Look, it's only going to get colder. It's I'll only cut you get a deal. Chilly. I'll do you one better, Stephen. No socks, but we'll allow hand warmers. Sure. Yeah. Put the hand warmers the in the juice. Yeah. I I I went to uh, at the AFC Championship last year. It was freezing cold. I put hand warmers in my shoes. It works for about a quarter. So it's good. Like do that. Um, inside Steven Goskowski inside 49 yards. Don't trust him at all outside of 49. Oh, baby. More like, remember automatic Al Del Greco. 
that's oh, yeah. Steven Goskowski outside of uh, 49 yards. Um, 40 to 49 this season, Steven Goskowski's one for five. That is his, that, that is don't kick zone for Mike oh. Rabel. I'll go ahead and group this one into yours, into your uh, thing to vent about. This comes from our via Uncle Mike Herndon, but um, oh, our guy, yeah, the three kickers that combined to go eight of eighteen last year, forty-four percent, suck up Santos and Parkey. They're now combined twenty-nine of thirty-four for a whopping eighty-five point three percent this okay, year. Okay, okay, hear me out. Hindsight's twenty-twenty, Uncle Mike. Sure. I don't think any Titans fan. Well, Parkey is really the only one of those three who did really nothing wrong as a right. kicker. And with the Titans red zone offense, the way it was, none of them really had to do much last year. So, so Steven Goskowski's worst season is 82.9%, which is just slightly below what suck up Santos and Parkey are combined for this year. This year he's 62.5, 10 of 16. Woof. Now I'm with you, Jack. I'm with you. I'm not on the cut Goskowski train because honestly, that would ruin I, a segment of our podcast for one. Well, without question, we have the Steph Con system in, firmly in place that would only work unless they brought in another kicker named Steven. I, I, I think that first of all, Goskowski is a pro. He's a veteran. He's a pros pro. He's going to go down as one of the greatest kickers in the sport in the history of the sport. I, I he will work this out. I wish he didn't have to work it out during games, but uh, maybe that 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 seems to be the case. I just don't think the Titans are better by cutting him and then going back to the open market. We saw it last year with the with the revolving door that was suck up Santos and Cody Parkey. You don't want another instance like that this year. Keep Goskowski, let him figure it out, and you're going to have to just kind of ride and die with him. But up until that missed kick on on Sunday, he had been looking great. He had, he, had been, been. He, he had been looking mostly great. He had been looking decent. He'd been looking okay. Yeah, well, he'd, he'd, been, he'd begin he'd been looking better than average. He'd begun to gain the trust back of Titans fans. Titans fans, when Guskowski was rolled out there, weren't, you know, covering their eyes anymore. Right. But, but, I mean, now, I mean, he's blown it again. So, I mean, look, he's got he's he's got to earn, earn the Titans fans' trust back. And, by the way, Cairo Santos comes to Nashville in two weeks. He's definitely missing a field goal. He's got to just for old time's sake, just so we can be like, ah, I remember that one. You know, it's like when like a comedian comes and like does his old jokes, you know, like, (laughs) you know, it's like, ah, yeah. Like when Jim Jim Gaffigan to Nashville, we're like, do the joke about the food. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but there are, oh, go go, go again. No, I was gonna let you go. Oh, I I was just going to say that my last, uh, my last thing to vent about, uh, Derrick Henry, and this is the only time the words vent and Derrick Henry will ever be in the same sentence for me, but Derrick Henry got stopped on the goal line by some dude named Robert Spillane. <laughs> Robert Spillane. He, he was the middle linebacker who took over for Devin Bush, who who's out yeah. for the season for the Steelers. Right. And that hit at the goal line, the sound, the crunch of that. I, oh my gosh. My, my, uh, my screen cracked. My TV screen cracked. I, I was like, that's, uh, <laughs> I need to get a new TV now. Thanks, Robert Spillane. Um, but yeah, he is now dead in case anyone was wondering. Because <laughs> he, he, he did, he did, he did leave the game sh- right after that hit and uh, with a uh, collarbone or shoulder injury of some sort. Um, so he is dead, but he did make the stop. He, and when I say stop, just no, like he didn't stop Derek from scoring. He just delayed Derek from scoring two downs later. 
Yeah, King Henry separated his shoulder. And yeah. and after all the fake bravery talk from Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark's going to boast about that, yes. But, I mean, that just goes to show you what a price these defensive players have to pay when they go into a hole and hit Derrick Henry head on. Right. And fun fact about Spillane, he was actually signed with the Titans as an undrafted free agent in 2018. Oh. He played in, in an NFL game with the Titans as well, made his debut on October 14th. Well, that, no wonder he filled that hole so quickly. He knew he knew what play was coming. That's He's, right. He, he, Vrabel taught him his, taught him all the tricks. Yeah, he played practice squad probably for this team and and knew knew what was coming on the goal line. Of yeah. course, well, that makes sense now. Okay, I don't feel as bad. Which speaking of not feeling as bad, let's get to our positives of the week. You know, we said we let's come in it. feeling like garbage, but we leave Venter's Alley feeling good. Okay, which is the exact opposite of Printer's Alley. So, Jack, I'll start again. Positive, Titans are five and one. Let's go. That's good. If you before the season you hear Titans are five and one, you take that. You take, take it. that immediately. I mean, remember we were run. saying we were saying at this point if it would be good if they were four and two, and they are they are a game better than that. They are five and one. They are very close to being six and zero, oh, even with as poor as they played on Sunday. They very well could have been, but they're five and one. I, things are good. Things two and zero oh in the division, you know. and you think back to last season where they were at after week six of last season or sorry, week seven of last season. Not good. Not good. That the, the offense was struggling. There was, there was nothing going on. To, uh, I don't even know if they had made the switch to uh Tannehill yet. So it was, they were dark days. This is a great start to the season. All right. And, and they have, they, look, they haven't even put together a full game yet. So, and you're not supposed to be a complete team by week eight in the season. Uh, that happens later on. But yeah, the Titans are in an expanded playoff field this year. They've positioned yeah. themselves to be fighting for that one. There's only one team that gets a bye in the postseason in each conference this season. They've positioned themselves sure. to, to battle for that. And look, and with, no, with, no preseason, with no preseason games either, they came out of the, the, the gate firing on all cylinders, getting that 5-1 record. Now, granted, it's been ugly at times, but they've won. Good teams find ways to win bad games. And the Steelers aren't going 16-0. They've got to p- play the Ravens twice. They're they're in a pretty tough division, although the Browns are the Browns and the Bengals are the Bengals. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. We, we've got 10 more games to really figure everything out there. My silver lining, we mentioned how terrible the Titans' third down defense is. Worse than the NFL, historically awful. Everyone sucks right now. Well, the silver lining is that the Bengals, who host the Titans on Sunday, who are five and a half point underdogs to the Titans on Sunday. Shout out mybookie.ag. Uh, Bengals have the 25th best third down offense in the NFL. They're going to be missing a couple linemen, including their left tackle. They're likely to be without Joe Mixon. And their defense, we're talking about offense right now, third down offense, but their defense, they've got guys who are putting the rotations on Twitter before game time. I, I mean, this team is a toxic wasteland of just – of bad attitudes and, you know, uh, unfortunate talent and coaching matches and, and failed marriages up there. You see Geno Atkins doing all of this. A.J. Green wants out. I mean, it's a disaster up there. This is your classic get-back-on-track game if you're the Tennessee Titans. Uh, positive for me, Brett Kern's pass was pretty good. <laughs> Tight spiral. I mean, yeah, sure as to no one. They got a flag for an ineligible man downfield, and it gave the Steelers incredible field position, but that spiral was really tight. Like, that was a great yeah. throw. 
Pretty, it was yeah. a pretty pass. It looks, it looks better than most passes coming out of New York Jets quarterback's hands this season. Right? Yeah, it's, it could be worse, guys. We could have a punter who doesn't know how to throw. My next one is about Steven Guskowski. We harped on his decision to wear socks when we did not clear that move with the team or Steven Guskowski. He did not clear that with us. But the bright side is that Steven Guskowski is 5 for 5 from field goals 50 yards or more. Okay? That same number, 5. 5 makes from 50-plus is the is the amount of field goals from 50-plus that all three Titans kickers knocked down last year. Okay? Parky, Santos, Suckup only hit five field goals from 50 and beyond. And Jaskowski's done this in six games. So, I understand he missed a big one from 46. But guys, he he can he can hit from the he can hit from he can hit from deep and yeah. he's going to be an asset going down the stretch. Without question. Uh another positive. No one tested positive for COVID. That's the biggest positive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. How about it? Nightmare. You can't count out the little things, people. You can't count them out. And that kind of goes along with my next one. Uh, with no positives, that means more people were available to play. Well, for the first time since Week 12 in 2019, the Titans had Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and John U. Smith all available to play for a full game. And Ryan Tannehill has his weapons back. The Titans' offense is finally healthy, disease-free, and ready to go. Right, and it showed with all of the three and outs they had on Sunday. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is the hey, positive. Hey, hey, hey. This is the positive part of the, the, the of the of Venter's Alley. Um, another positive: Colts didn't win. Bye week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, it's bye week, but yeah, it, they didn't win. So, the, you know, didn't didn't Titans still one game happen. up in the division? Yeah. <laughs> uh, another positive: Titans' upcoming schedule. It's looking pretty, pretty good because you've got uh, what you got the Bengals, you've got the Bears, and then you've got uh, the Colts, which the Colts will be a big game, division game. But you really would like to get these next two because sure. it gets tricky, doesn't it? The you Bears go, are not as good as they as they looked two weeks ago uh, with their undefeated record. So yeah, that offense is anemic. Nick Foles, right. I mean, good lord. Yeah. Um, Bengals, Bears win these two, go two and zero, oh, seven and one. You set yourself up. You give yourself a little breathing room when the Colts come to town, followed by a trip to Baltimore and then another trip where you go up to Indianapolis. Uh, then th- there's two out of three will be played against the Colts. And it's, it's tough to sweep your division and it's tough to sweep the Colts. If you're the Titans, I mean, Titans fans don't need to be told that set yourself up w- for a little bit of, you know, wiggle room just in case something goes awry. And my last positive the Titans losing this week, like losing when they did, because this is the time. And Jack, you kind of you kind of talked about it. It's a time to screw your head on straight because the Titans, all the problems that surfaced on Sunday are problems that have surfaced every week this season. But they've been able to mask them with wins. Can't do that this week. So now's the time. It's like, okay, now it's time to hunker down. We could very easily lose games that games that we had won in the past. We can very easily lose those games. I think that that's the message being sent around uh, uh, St. Thomas Sports Park. Uh, it's not Something like that, yes. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the, 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 the Titans facility, that's what's being uh, reverberated like throughout that this week. So it's – and we've seen it before. Look at the Chiefs last year. When they lost to the Titans, that was their last loss 
until this season. They didn't lose again because it screwed their heads on straight. It got their minds right. Things like that. And now it is early in the season, but uh, sometimes a loss can be a good thing for the outlook. Look at the uh, 85 Bears. They lost. They didn't go undefeated that year. They were dominant all season, but they lost to uh, what the Dolphins on Monday night late in the season. It screwed their head on straight, and they went on and won the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying the Titans are going to go and win the Super Bowl, but I'm saying sometimes losses can be good for good teams. The NFL is a damn tough league. It's hard to go undefeated. And by the way, just a little nugget, uh, Marcus Mariota was on the team for two of the last three. Well, I guess in the last two Chiefs losses, Marcus Mariota was on the other sideline. Yeah, the, Ra- the Raiders beat him this year. Titans last year. I mean, there you go. Maybe, I, I think Marcus is the uh, is maybe the he's the way to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You want to talk about Pat Mahomes' kryptonite? It's Marcus Mariota holding a clipboard on the sideline. The uh, <laughs> we. Uh, before we get to Tehran Davenport, uh, on, on the backside of uh, Tehran, we've got um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some cornerbacks and some roster moves that the Titans have made. Uh, we also have a Stefcon uh, update and remember the Titan. Uh, but before we get to Tehran Davenport, let me talk to you about mybookie.ag. Sports betting is all the rage these days, guys. Everyone's doing it. And everyone gives in to peer pressure. So you should do it too. And when you do, <laughs> use mybookie.ag. Use code MYTITANS at mybookie.ag to double your first deposit up to $1,000. Again, people, I we say this every week. It's free money. Why would you not use mybookie.ag? Use code MYTITANS. And every Saturday morning, my guy Jack gives you the, the best bet of the week. And he gives you that's pretty much free money with with how good my guy Jack is at picking that bet. Did did your best bet win this week? That's right. It actually lost this week, Austin. We okay, weren't gonna bring that up. I went over that before the podcast. But most of the, most of the time it always wins. Most of the time it always wins. Five and two. Five and two. Okay. Right. Wait, Be looking for that best bet every Saturday morning on uh on A to Z Sports Instagram and use and then go to myboogie.ag to bet on that and use my Titans to get uh, to double your first deposit up to $1,000. And then with all that said, let's get to our guy, Teron Davenport. We are joined now by ESPN's NFL Nation Tennessee Titans reporter since 2018, a member of the Pro Football Writers Association. You can catch him on the radio and or his podcast uh, at 102.5 The Game. And most importantly, he is a proud member of Bowtie Nation. Find him on Twitter at tdavenport underscore NFL. He is Teron Davenport. Teron, how are you, man? Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, man, I'm doing really well, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, without question. Now, Jack and I always like to start with probably the hardest hitting question up first, uh, up front. Just get it out of the way. Uh, so we will yeah. start uh, with the most serious question. With the initials TD, was there any other job you could have gotten into other than football writing? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think it's 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 perfect, and I, I'm one of three TDs in the area. You got Todd Downing, who I call TD2, and Tony Dews, who I call TD3, the uh, <laughs> tight end and, and running back coaches. So yeah, man, it's, it's, it's perfect. 
So how does it feel to be TD one? That's pretty, that's a pretty high honor, I would say. Oh yeah, it's definitely a high honor. It feels good to be TD one. I'm, I'm blessed, man, I have to say. <laughs> and TD, you played a bunch of football growing up, didn't you? Did you, did you where'd you, did you play college? You played college, right? Yeah, I played some college ball. First, I was at Delaware State University, which is, that's what you call, what do they call it now, FCS? And <laughs> yeah. Again, it was, it was Division One AA. Then I transferred to Cheney University, which is a Division two school in Pennsylvania, part of the PSAC conference. So, so you're saying you transferred to Cheney. Yeah. What, yeah. what, posi what position did you play? I, I played wide receiver. Yeah, okay. I, I played there. And then afterwards, I got some looks from some of the Canadian teams, uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders and okay, Hamilton sure. Cats. And then also uh, I worked out for arena teams, the New York Dragons and New Jersey Gladiators. So it didn't work out. So I, I still wanted to be involved, and here we are. Be honest with me, TD. Did you originally come to Nashville to try and play receiver for the Titans? Because we know that that's an area – where in the past they've needed a lot of help. Now they've got A.J. Brown now, along right. with Corey Davis, who's coming along. But yeah, was that, was that... I'd tell you what happened, man. They ended up back in 2000 taking Carl Pickens instead of me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl Pickens, one of my favorite Remember the Titans of all time. I just – Throwing his name out there uh, is always I, – I wanted a Carl Pickens jersey when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Which I'm, I'm actually the one time I will ever say my parents were right uh, is, is when they refused to get me one because that would have been just a uh, just money just thrown down the drain. Um, but TD, so uh, let me ask you this: You do a radio show with Nate Washington, mm -hmm. former Titan, former Steeler too, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, former Titan, what's one thing you've learned about Nate Washington that? Uh, that that we we the general public or former you know Nate Washington fans from when he was with the Titans wouldn't know about him uh, that you have learned in like you know maybe during commercial breaks during the show. There's a couple things. He a he's really funny. You know we 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 joke a lot. He he's on Twitter. You see his timeline with the yeah. Joker um, gifts and all that stuff. But the other thing that no one would know is that if you want to get him pumped up, you want to get him excited, you play the locks, L-O-X. And uh, that music gets him hyped. And, and I learned that quickly when uh, one of our music bumps was on. And <laughs> he was like, yeah, that gets me going. So that's something that, that many people probably don't know. Is he, the, does he pull for the Titans or the Steelers? He's, he's got to have allegiance one way or another. Good question. It, it, he does a really good job of riding the fence. And um, so I get it. The the, the Titans played paid him, and, and he won with the Steelers. So it's it's the balance is, is reasonable. I can't say he really pulls for one team over the other though, because for what we've talked about, it's been a great experience on, on both sides as far as climbing up that ladder and then continuing to climb in Tennessee, but just being a veteran as opposed to a young rookie a youngster learning from Heinz Ward. What's the, uh, what's the music that gets you hyped? And a uh, two-part question. Do you listen to music when you write? Yeah, uh, there's, I love all music overall. Um, the music that gets me hyped, you know, there's 
there's an assortment of music. Um, I I I love I love slow music. You know, before my games, I used to listen to you know stuff like Phil Collins in the air. Okay. Matter of fact, I was just telling my middle daughter Drew about that the other day because she walked in and was like, "What are you listening to?" And I told her what that was. Um, I used to listen to Prince, Purple Rain. That used to get me hype. Uh, uh, Brian McKnight, Crazy Love. Uh, this group called Changing Faces. I used to listen to them. But then you, you got your your rap. You know Wu Tang. Anything Wu Tang is gonna get me going. Mob Deep is another one that that I I, just, I love. They have a song for Quiet Storm. One called Shook One, Survival of the Fittest. There's a lot of stuff, man. Tony, Tony, Tony. To get back to the slow music. Uh, there there's so much, man. Nas, Illmatic. That that whole album. I get going to that. I I could do the rest of this show about music. <laughs> Uh, well, TD, I was going to talk about the Titans a little bit because they just lost their first game. You know, it, granted, it was to a good team, the Steelers. The Titans didn't look good in the first half. Their defense struggled. That's kind of been the theme of the season is a sloppy defense, especially on, on the money down, third down. They gave up 13 of 18. Uh, the Steelers haven't converted on 13 third downs in a single game since 1999. Cordell yeah. Stewart was the quarterback at that time. I mean, that's – you know, that's a performance of the Titans defense just it shouldn't be doing, especially after all the money they spent on that side of the ball in the offseason. Um, with wins, that kind of covers up some of the flaws that, that you would see during these weeks uh, prior to the Steelers' loss. But now that they've lost a game, the, the line shines a little bit brighter on these holes and these issues and these problems that this Titans defense has. Uh, what do you think that they need to really focus on and get things fixed, especially for third down? Yeah, I actually wrote about the third down deficiencies, and it's, it's terrible. And that performance against the Steelers, they had 72% of their third downs were converted. That was the fourth most this year by a team. And coincidentally, these, I want to say the second most this year happened to be the Bills against the Titans. So there's definitely a, a common thread. I think really what has to happen is they have to get better at off coverage or just completely get rid of it, put it on a rocket ship, send it to the sun, stop using it. Because what's happening is you see the receivers able to get off the ball freely. They're running the routes just like you draw it up on, on the play sheet and there's no disruption. So that's making it harder for the guys up front because the quick passing game is there. The quarterback doesn't have to wait for the receiver to make a few moves and, and do some things at the line of scrimmage to get through what I call chatter. You know, if the, the corners would come up and press and, and cause that chatter at the line of scrimmage, that knocks the timing off, but that's not happening. And then even when they're playing off, the receiver will catch the ball and you'll see him make a move and avoid the tackle. Look what Deontay Johnson was able to do this past week. You know, that touchdown, um, Jonathan Joseph, you know, he, he was at one point a really, really good corner, one of the best, but He's not the same anymore, and, and he wasn't able to stay over top of Johnson and tackle him, and Johnson stuck his foot in the ground, reverse field, and just galloped right into the end zone. You can't have those type of things when you do play off coverage. So I think that's really fix number one. But then fix number two is the guys up front, you know, they have to get a little bit more disruptive. But it's tough when you got a quarterback throwing the ball in two and a half seconds. Yeah, and my a follow-up would be, I mean, Adore Jackson, he, he's missed a lot of time so far this season, but he's, he, got, he got in a few practices last week, 
and he appears to be pretty close to returning to play. Say he returns this week against the Bengals. How much does he really help this defense, who seems like they're not just one player away, but maybe multiple players away from fixing this thing? Yeah, I think he helps because he's a guy, and it's funny because they kind of touched on it. He didn't say it directly, but you could kind of get that feel like, wait a minute. Is it that you're not trusting your guys to go into man defense? Is it that you're not trusting the guys to send more guys on the blitz? And I, I think when you have a Dory Jackson back there, there is a higher level of trust all across the board. So that's something that could definitely help. And you're right, one man can't fix it, but one man that you trust can lead to other things that could fix it, a la sending two guys on the blitz with man coverage behind it. You know what I mean? It, it could, You could go more press with a Dory Jackson, long story short. Okay. Now, uh, TD, will the Titans sign Jadavian Clowney? Oh, no, wait, sorry. That's uh, that's habit. That's uh, just from an entire offseason of asking every Titans writer if they'll do that. <laughs> I, I guess the question now is, how would you grade Jadavian Clowney? Because there's been a lot of – it's kind of like a uh, – people are on one side of the fence or the other with him of, Oh, it was such a bust of a signing or there's the other people that are like, no, look, he's doing damage. It's just, he's not getting the numbers on the stat sheet to back it up. Where do you land with how he's played this season? I think if I had to put a grade on it, I would probably say C plus, but I would be leaning more towards incomplete because here's the thing. You haven't seen him have that, game where it's like whoa he just single-handedly wrecked everything they wanted to do on offense and the problem is you're seeing like flashes of it yeah. take for instance what he did this past week when he forced claypool to fumble on, on that touch pass in, in the in the uh, backfield those are the type of plays that he was making more consistently and those are the type of plays that warranted the Titans to, to sign him that way. And then even the, the double teams, he's not attracting those as much. The Texans game, he was very quiet in that game. He is getting pressures, but I think it's incomplete. And, it, you know, there's still a lot to be desired, especially when you're getting paid that amount of money and, and you're being brought in with the amount of hope that you would have an impact on the defense. And there's a lot of trade buzz going around. I think you you know this. We don't have to tell you that. Um, John Robinson hasn't really been a guy who likes to make deals in the middle of the season. That's not his forte. He, he likes to get his business done in the offseason, move forward with the 53 that he has. Well, this year, the defense hasn't looked the way that he had hoped it would look. There's just no chance he had, he had expected this. Um, with that being said, there's a few cornerbacks on the market whose names are being tossed around in trades. Uh, most notably, Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots, 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I know that the Titans have $8 million and some change in cap space left to use for this season. Um, do you see them making a move? It's possible that they make a move, but, you know, the thing you have to remember is in the past, they haven't been in this type of position in the middle of the season. They're right there with the Steelers still with the Chiefs, the Ravens, et cetera, the Bills. They beat the Bills. So they're right there with these teams. I could see a deal happening. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. A few names to think of. Someone mentioned on Twitter, Desmond King, and I, I think that's a, a really good option. Now, of course, 
they'll have to figure out if he's going to be a rental or if they're going to carry him, uh, you know, on the roster afterwards by signing him to a deal because he's going to be a free agent. But I think he gives them another nickel guy. And, and with the situation with Fulton being up in the air as far as, you know, how, how long he's going to be out, maybe a few weeks, I think King comes in and he, he gives you something there, but he could also double as a return man. Uh, another guy that I, I brought up actually is Pierre Desir. And I know he's not a premier corner. He's not a guy that you just say, okay, that's your half of the field. You're, you're, you're part of the field, shut it down. But he is a guy that gives you an option as far as a long defender to cover receivers down the field. And then he also is very good as a tackler against the run. You're not going to see him if you use him in his own coverage. He's not going to miss tackles there either. So if he gives up a slant, it's going to be a five-yard game, not a five-yard game with 10 to 15 yards after the catch. And Desir is, is relatively inexpensive. He's someone that will be a free agent after this year. But if you decide to bring him back because you like what you have when you acquire him, that's a, a good option, you know, a, 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 an efficient option from a cost perspective as well. Uh, Brian Poole is a guy that I've always liked, you know, dating back to his days playing uh, for Florida. So he's definitely an option. He gives you more of a nickel type of guy. So those are three options right there. Um, Gilmore, that one's interesting. I'm not so sure that that one will fit under the books, but I mean, the salary cap is something that you could always massage. And one more guy that that's kind of been tossed around, and I don't know that the Dolphins are willing to make a move with him, uh, Xavier Howard. He's expensive, and I think they put out a statement today that yeah. he, he's not going to get moved. Um, but he is an interesting name, and when when names are floated around like this the, that are kind of up for grabs and, you know, they're listening to calls on, I think Titans fans, along with the other 31 teams in the NFL fan bases, uh, kind of start picturing that guy in their team's jersey, their team's colors. And it's a bad habit, but it, it makes for a fun discussion at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It makes for fun discussion. And you get the the Madden type of madness, whereas in that video game, you can make trades and do that stuff. But it doesn't always equate to, to wins. And more importantly, it's not always something that could happen in actual life. Now let's, uh, since it is such a fun conversation, let's, uh, let's just keep it going. Just, just for uh, the hell of it. Now, TD, the, let me put you into uh, John Robinson's shoes and, or his plaid jacket, whatever you want to do is, uh, and how far would you go for a piece uh, like any of the names you said, a Desir, or Stephon Gilmore, any of them, Desmond King, how far would you go? What would you be willing to give up? Um, or I guess in another way, how far would be too far for you not to go after one of those trade targets? Well, I would give, I would offer a first round pick for Gilmore. I believe he has what, two, two more years on his deal. Mm -hmm. And he's a premier player at a position you desperately need. Imagine having these three guys. I'm talking about after this year. Imagine having Stephon Gilmore impress on one side or a Dory Jackson impress on the other and Christian Fulton impress as a nickel. You could go, man. You yeah. could go cover, uh, you know, zero blitz and those type of things. So I could also say this. Find me a player not named Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields that will be more impactful right away than Stephon Gilmore would be. So 
I give up at first for Gilmore. And you just figure out ways to massage the cat. And then next year, you know, it comes down to Gilmore or Malcolm Butler. I like Butler, but, you know, it's called spade to spade. Gilmore is a better player. Sure. Yeah, and we, we've seen Butler struggle this year. I mean, Justin Jefferson and the, the Steelers put up numbers on him as well. Uh, Jonathan Joseph is a guy who seemingly can't cover his own shadow. He's frustrated a lot of Titans fans. But yeah. uh, to bring in Gilmore, I think he's 8.4 against the cap this season for the remaining 11 uh, and 7.5 for next year. They'd have to shuffle some things around. I'm going to ask you this question because I'm kind of curious, and I know Titans fans will be who listen to this as well. What's the percentage on, one, a deal getting done, and two, a Stephon Gilmore getting, deal getting done? Hmm. Uh, a percentage of a deal getting done, I would probably say 40, 60. Okay. But it's, it's just so, it's different. They're five and one as opposed to the records that they, I mean, this time last year, everyone was like, uh, yeah, let's start looking at the draft. You know what I mean? This year, everyone's looking at the postseason. So it, it is different. I could see them a bit more likely to make a deal. Gilmore. Man, that's tough. Uh, I, I would I would probably say a twenty percent chance, if that. Um, it, it's it would be tough to see them acquiring him. Of course, I would love it because that would give me additional things to to write about. Oh yeah, other us too. To, to be on SC, you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that that's something that will happen. <laughs> Now, uh, you have made, uh, you know, a number of appearances on uh, SC in the past. Um, you've, you know, you've made TV hits. You've made radio hits all the time. What's your most awkward TV hit or radio hit? Do you, I, I feel like you've got to have some sort of story to where, whether it was something that was going on in the background of your call or, or your, your hit or something going on. What, do you have anything for us? Um, it, you know, last year, I'm trying to remember exactly which game it was. I want to say the Patriots game. Um, I want to say, yeah, I want to say the Patriots game. I, I did a hit. It was inside the, the Titans radio, like their, 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 uh, not radio facility. It was inside the, um, where Amy Wells does her show. Okay. Um, so I moved everything around, re resituated it, and I, I got that done. And I, I was just so focused on what I was doing, I didn't even look. NFL Films or NFL Network had a crew in there, and Tiffany Blackman was a part of the crew with my own girl, you know, and she was just looking at me like I was crazy. And then when I did the pitch, uh, or excuse me, the hit, she, uh, you know, she, she just, just busted out laughing. So yeah. that's probably the, the most awkward one that, that I had. But uh, fortunately, most of it has been pretty smooth. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's that's the way you want it to be. I got another one, actually. Oh, okay, here we it, go. Um, this was it. It has to do with the Patriots again. I, I guess, you know, anytime <laughs> I'm doing something deal with the Patriots, I got to be careful. Yeah, they have but, a thing um, with they have a thing with cameras. So that makes sense. <laughs> This one was, was Mike Reese. Uh, when, when the Patriots were here for training camp, Mike Reese, he's like the goat of NFL Nation. But um, he's not the tallest guy. 
you know, so <laughs> <laughs> they brought out this block, like <laughs> this big, because we stood there, we're looking at the camera, and he was like up to here, and they were like, oh, you gotta fix it. So they brought out this block that, that, you know, was really big, and he stood on it, and we were eye to eye. And the, the person on the other end, the host, the anchor, was uh, Carrie Champion. And, like, that's, she's A+. plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, the, the, the one time I get to do a segment with Carrie Champion, she knows that Mike Reese is short. You know what I mean? So the one time I get to do this, he's standing on the block, and we're looking eye to eye, and she probably thinks that I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be another one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, no, like, Carrie, like, I promise, like, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not I'm as short as him. <laughs> Just kick the block out underneath Mike Reese's feet. Yeah, that, that would have been one way to do it. So, so how tall are you, TD? Because I forgot who he asked. It, it, it may have been Paul Kaharski. In a Titans media cage match, Ooh, who yeah. would come out the victor? I yeah. feel like you're a strong contender. I, I would imagine I'd be up there because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the guys there are a bit more advanced in age than me, so you know I probably would, would, would hold up pretty well. Where do, where does Buck Rising stand in that cage match against the corner? Yeah, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't think Buck lasts. Uh, he's probably you know one of the first guys to get flipped over the rope. <laughs> yeah, he's Buck's he's the he's the uh, the ring girl holding up the sign for each round <laughs> in his in his red usher suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we love buck we love buck oh yeah for sure well td we want to thank you for uh for taking the time to do this man it, it, we know you're a busy guy just uh with everything that's going on especially with all the with the nfl news flying around like crazy right now um on your way out the door i'll ask you percentage chance that john robinson makes a trade before the deadline what what number would you give it what percentage chance I, I, probably, the I probably I'll stick with what I said. Forty. That's that's a crucial question. So I get. As, oh, I, I wait. I thought. I thought. Oh, I. I'm, Are you I'm zoning calling. out during my question? No, I thought often? you asked him. I thought you asked him percentage chance for each player. I thought. <laughs> I'm just saying, just a move in general. That's that's good journalism because that's that's what we'll do to Coach Rabel. You know what? Ask him a question. He'll answer it. It's not the one that we want. So we'll say. Yeah. Twist it up just a little bit and right. ask it again. So it almost yeah. worked. I almost went from 40 to 45%, but I'm sticking at 40. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. So I'll ask you one last question before you go. If you could give a percentage chance on if John Robinson makes a move at the deadline, what would you give it? <laughs> For 40%. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Fair enough. Standing strong. Yeah, there you go. Teron Davenport, guys, check this guy out. If you're not already following him, then I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast because you're not a Titans fan. At T Davenport <laughs> underscore NFL, I'm telling you, a go-to source for all things uh, Titans, uh, Titans news and information that you need to know. He's one of the best. ESPN, uh, ESPN's NFL Nation, Tennessee Titans reporter. Teron, dude, thanks so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Oh, man, no, thanks for having me, man. I had a good time. You're the man, TD. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Gotta love TD. And Jack, I don't know about you, but I, I honestly, 
I kind of wish we would have asked him what the percentage chance of John Robinson signing someone <laughs> would have been. Uh, I think that would have been important for our listeners to know. If 40%. On, we'll get him on again. We'll get him on again, and hopefully he'll he'll answer. Um, yeah, we got to do it soon. The trade deadline's approaching Austin. Right. Yes. Trade deadline uh, is on a uh, on November 3rd. And honestly, I can't think of anything else that is important uh, on November 3rd. So all of America's focus should be on the trade deadline <laughs> next Tuesday. You want to talk about a Tuesday news dump? Jeez, Louise. Election Day and the NFL trade deadline all on the same day. NFL's like, look, we're going to we're going to really try and win. You know how like the NFL always tries to bury other sports with their news cycle, trying always to bury trying, the country, trying to bury, try and bury the country. They're like, well, we've we've already topped the NBA, Major League Baseball, we've oh, NHL. Like we've always outdone them with our news. Now let's go for America. It's the only only thing next. Um, one name that he didn't mention, or well, actually, I'll start by saying this: I think, I think John Robinson's going to get a deal done, just because I don't think John Robinson is looking at this roster right now and looking at this team and look, I know there's not everyone's healthy and there are some holes, but I think he's looking at it and saying, this is not the makeup that's going to get the job done. And going into the season, the job was to win the AFC South. Here we are. We sit five and one, the Titans sit five and one almost halfway through the season. And I think those goals have changed. I think now it's what was AFC South winning the division or bust, I think is now trip to the Super Bowl, a trip to Tampa or bust for the Titans. I think it's altered a little bit. I think we'd be safe to say that based off of them starting five and one and the extra playoff spot, the Titans. So, so I think John Robinson is seeing the same product that's on the field right now and thinking, okay, this isn't going to get the job done against the sports elite, uh, against the AFC's elite teams. So we need to, we need to get that. And I, I think they're close. Don't get me wrong. I just think they're maybe a piece away. And I think John Robinson sees that. And I think John Robinson gets a deal done. I'd be willing to say, go counter of Tehran and say 60% chance that he gets a deal done. But I don't know. Jack, where, where do you stand? So I kind of agree and disagree with you. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the scale when the goal to win the AFC South was, was what Robinson and the organization really wanted to do first. I, I think if you look at some of the deals the team made in the offseason, one year, $15 million on Clowney, uh, one year, $10, $10 million on Vic Beasley. I mean, these are one-year prove-it contracts that this team doesn't make unless su- the Super Bowl is the goal. I think that, especially after an AFC championship run, that during the season last year, the Titans' expectations for this year were gradually rising as the team made it deeper and deeper. Uh, okay. I, just think, I just think that's an effect of you know making a, cha- a conference championship game, so... I think that their eyes have always been set on the Super Bowl uh, with championship windows so so short in the NFL. Sure. Uh, the, the amount of time you have to bring home a Lombardi trophy is is, is so thin um, that, that I think that they tried to target this season to, to maybe uh, to give it a shot. <clears throat> Teron Davenport mentioned something interesting. In years past with John Robinson in charge as a general manager of the Titans, they haven't found themselves at the trade deadline in a spot where a Super Bowl is on the radar. They've been yeah. battling for the playoffs. They've been battling for 500. Uh, you, you know, they, they haven't, they've been battling for the wild card spot. Uh, they're, they're vying for a bye this season. This is, this is the time to make a move. And I think John Robinson, is, he's a great GM. Everyone, everyone can acknowledge that. The deals he's done, 
the draft picks he's made. Don't talk about Isaiah Wilson. Um, yeah. You know, have been impressive, and he's got an impressive resume already as a Titans general manager. I think with a championship window open, you have to bring in a cornerback. You have to. It, whether that's some of the guys he mentioned. TD mentioned uh, a couple Jets cornerbacks, Brian Poole and Pierre Desir. Brian Poole's got two picks and a sack on the year. Desir has a pick six on the year. Yeah. Uh, and Desir's a St. Louis guy. Just and Desir's a St. Louis guy, yeah. so he has that going for him. Right. Those guys would be interesting, interesting options that are both pretty cheap, under a million dollars. He mentioned Desmond King. I love Desmond King out of Iowa. He's a playmaker. He, he, right. can, he can do things in the return game. He's a slot corner, and he was a slot corner that played really well. Uh, but when you when you bring in Chris Harris in the offseason with the Chargers to go alongside Casey Hayward, Desmond King is forced to take a step back in that defense, and I don't think he's happy in the last year of his deal there. The Titans could bring him in, see what he has to offer. If they like what, he, if they like what they see, maybe talk about a contract in the future. But for now, it would be just a rental deal to try and get them to that Super Bowl that, they've, that this city is, is really craving right now. Eli Apple is a free agent that was released today by the Panthers. He's He's been with the Giants. The Saints hasn't really done much of anything with them, but he's a former first-round pick in 2016. That's another option. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of him, but he is on the table. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, going back to uh, Desmond King, the Titans could use another king. I think that we all agree there. <laughs> yeah. The more kings, the better, uh, especially in checkers, but also in football. The uh, I'm glad you brought up Eli Apple because Eli, th- this is a segment I'm going to call Eli Apple question mark. Oh, um, it, I to me Eli Apple, I and I, I'm not going. I'm not just going to be like the uh, the lazy sports talk radio caller where it's like Eli Apple's a free agent now. Just go ahead and sign him. Just bring him in. Applegate what, maybe Christina Applegate. Ooh, Applegate. Is that what we're doing? Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, let's just hope he doesn't play Microsoft, if you know what I'm uh, saying. Oh, no. gosh. These are terrible. These are terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, um, the I, I think, obviously, like, Eli Apple, the, the, the apple has fallen hard from the tree, I guess, to keep the puns going. He He's not what he once was, but... Right now, I think you maybe take a flyer on him. Maybe you sign him. You bring him in and see if you can fit him into this defensive scheme because he's the one guy where you wouldn't have to give up any pieces for. Everyone else we named, you'd have to trade. A first round, third round, whatever. A draft pick, maybe even another player. Eli Apple, you could just sign because he's he's been cut. So... It's, really, really, the only thing you'd have to give up for Eli Apple is maybe a Steven Goskowski sock. Yeah, which we would gladly if any teams are listening. Win. Yeah, if any other teams are listening to this podcast, we know John Robinson listens to this podcast. But if any other GMs are listening, we have a used, well, a partly used sock uh, for for from Stephen Goskowski to offer in a trade for any of your great cornerbacks. But yeah, I don't know. I I I would. I would be okay with them bringing in Eli Apple, but yeah, my first, my first option would be to actually trade. And I think Tron made a great point with you look at guys like Stefan Gilmore and maybe even a Desmond King I'd lump in there. They would be better than whatever asset you're going to get with your first or sec or third round draft picks with the Titans, because you got to think that the Titans are going to have a late round draft pick probably in the like 26 or deeper 
so you're not going to get a piece better than a Stefan Gilmore in the draft. So why not just go ahead and throw those draft picks away towards those guys? I, I, I'd be all for it. Push the chips to the middle of the table. Let's go all in J Rob. Let's and, do and it. If we're going to do it, Stefan Gilmore is just the guy 8.4 mil. We talked about this with TD 8.4 mil against the cap this year. The Titans have eight and change left to spend. Uh, Desmond King would be the inexpensive option, but I I believe an effective option if they were to get that done. Only 1.3 against the cap. So uh, there are options right now. There will become a, there, there, more options will present themselves as the week goes on. But right now we are seven days away from the trade deadline. And I, I think that John Robinson, and, and there's a lot of buzz in Titans media right now. Uh, I think he needs to put something together. One last piece to, to really make this defense, you know, capable of playing up to its potential. There's a lot of talent on paper, but we haven't seen that translate to the field just yet. Yeah. You've, you've, you know, the TV show Gilmore girls, this podcast is, we are the Gilmore boys. We are <laughs> all for it. Bring him to Nashville. Let's get the deal done. J Rob. We in J Rob, we trust whether a deal's done or not by the time, by the time we, we record again, whether a deal is done by the times or not in J Rob, we trust always and forever. Um, I've got some good news and some bad news, Jack. What do you want to hear first? I'd love to start with some good news. Okay, so the bad news is <laughs> Will Compton was released by the Tennessee Titans. No, the boy. The now boy. they're out there. Now they're without both boys. Lawan's done for the year. Compton's yeah. gone. Wow, yeah. that, that bus is gonna gonna start seeing a little more action than it right. used to. The bus is breaking down. Um, and that doesn't that doesn't help guys like us who are also in the podcasting game because they're now a competitor. They're directing them now. Yeah, they're going to have more time to focus on podcasting and content, and uh, that's that can't be good news for us and this podcast right here. We can uh, take it. Yeah, uh, leave a rating, review, and subscribe. Oh, uh, oh, and uh, the good news. Oh yes, I was waiting for the good news. The good news is Will Compton was signed by the Titans practice squad. He's back so already. He's back. He is oh, back. Yes. We're like back, boys. Will Compton's redemption tour starts now, and it starts yeah. in the practice squad. He's got to get it out the mud, and then he'll be right back up there. Dezubnar. Uh Dezubnar is is. I think. I guess Will Compton right now would be us, and Dezubnar would be busting with the boys. Yeah, I think Just so. In a Titans podcast scheme. Yeah. So we are Will uh, Compton. Will Compton, we are pulling for you. And, and just to, here's look, hey, we'd, we'd like you both to perform. Sure. And uh, here's some bonus good news and a little uh, threat to, because I'm sure Will, you know, now that he's on practice squad and not like the actual roster, he probably Got has more a little to... more free time. Yeah, to listen to podcasts. So he's probably yeah. listening to this one right now. And to that, I'll just say, uh, hey, hey, uh, Will Compton and the Bussin Boys, we're coming for you because we got a comment this week on iTunes from iTunes username Mitch0956328325432. Oh, it's that Mitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Not not to be confused with Mitch0956328325444. Okay. This is Mitch zero nine five six three two eight three two five four three. It's and easy to get those Mitch, confused sometimes. Sure, sure. And Mitch zero nine five six three two eight three two five four three writes four point five for the tighten up guys. 
0.5 for Buck. And if you're wondering what those numbers are meaning, not the ones in his in his name, the numbers he wrote, 4.5, he's referring to star rating. He gave the Tighten Up podcast a 5, well, he gave us a 4.5 star rating and Buck a 0.5 star rating. So not to dance on the grave of Buck. Look, Buck, you've had a great career. It's been fun, man. You've You've done great work. But... The Tighten Up Idiots are back. And shout out to Mitch0956328325443 for giving us the uh, four and a half star rating. It's over, Grandpa. Go back to Indianapolis. Put the pads back on. The Colts need a quarterback, Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, right. Guys, yeah, the be Colts, more like the Mitch. Colts need you back. Be more like Mitch. 4.5 for the Tighten Up Idiots, a half star for Buck. Right. Normally, I, I I tend to disagree with anyone whose username is first name, lots of numbers. But with Mitch here, I'm I'm all in. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, the um, we got to update the Stefcon system. Uh-oh. The Stefcon update, obviously, you know, uh, the country runs on a Defcon system. We run here on this podcast on a Stefcon system, based off of how Stephen Goskowski is kicking, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to admit, we are at a StephCon 2. We have elevated mm. the StephCon to StephCon 2, the highest uh, we've been since week one. And I would say it's almost time. Like, we're very close to the point where you need to take shelter. You need to take cover. Get under a desk. Get on. Get into a, a basement because you don't know when a missed kick could be flying through your window. This is, this is the part of the StephCon system where... You're in an office, and the office is in total frenzy, a complete panic. Papers flying in the air. Uh, Angela's cat is thrown through the office roof, uh, where Oscar is is hiding as well. I mean, this this isn't time to take shelter yet, but this is the process. It's close, yeah. Gather the children together. The, the next step is evacuating the building and and calling your loved ones. Okay, right. So, but we're not there yet. Look, not Steph, there yet. Look, <laughs> Stephen Goskowski still has three game winning kicks under his resume in six games. Okay, people forget Bronco, Jag, Vikings. He won those games. Look, he, he he falls out of favor, losing a big pivotal game in conference to another contender, another team that's with only one buy available. It's a big loss. Steven Guskowski's on the hot seat, but we can't be so quick to say cut Guskowski. We no. just can't do it. And I, I think Steven Guskowski learned his lesson. Um you know, not to get, you know, too comfortable. Like every kick matters. Every you gotta be focused all in on every kick. But I also think we learned our lesson here at A to Z Sports because if you follow at A to Z Sports on Twitter, which you should, uh during the game, maybe an ill-advised, maybe a too soon tweet of uh tweeting out all of the uh Goskowski nicknames yeah. ending with uh what was it? Great, great Skowski. It was Goatskowski. Was Goatskowski. Yeah. Goatskowski after the first kick, after the first made field goal, it was like we were feeling good about ourselves. We were back. Gotskowski is back. This is fifty-one oh. yarder. There's a lot of excitement. Yeah, fifty-one yarders, huge, big kick, made kick. And then he, uh, and then, and then it was one of those uh, freezing cold take type tweets yeah, look, uh, where it's like, okay, he missed the game winner. And uh, now we feel dumb. So we've learned we will not hype the goat until the goat is done. Now I'm, I'm a Dodgers fan. I, I do the same thing with Clayton Kershaw starts, especially in the postseason. 
I don't talk about Clayton Kershaw starts until after they're over. If people text me, hey, Kershaw's pitching a gem right now. I'm like, all right, let's wait till the sixth or seventh inning, okay? Like, I, I, I hold off till the end of the game. We will now do that with Goskowski. We will hold off till the end of the game, till all is said and done, to talk about how good and or bad he was that week. So, Look, I know, I know the guy who sent that t- tweet. He's very remorseful. He... <laughs> He realized that he may have cost the Titans a game by himself with his black magic on Twitter. That he's was... very, look, he's very sorry. He wants another chance. Sure. I, I get um, it. I, it's just those damn interns, you know, you'll, you oh, let yeah. them, you give them the passwords and they just go off. They, maybe they... just, maybe just let the, let, let the guy uh, have another chance. Maybe don't be too hard on him this week. <laughs> All right. Let's get bad enough. Let's get to remember the Titan. Uh, this is their chance to play. Just uh, remember uh, the Titan each week. Um, there, remember that guy, but with the Titans. We, if you don't know this segment by now, then welcome to listening to the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Jack, um, do you want to go ahead and start off? Yeah. Remember the Titan presented by Mill Creek Brewing Company. We mentioned them at the start of the show. Great place. Great, great place to watch watch games and drink beer. Go and there. Play, playing cornhole tournaments. Yes. Go there. Tell them we sent you. But for Remember the Titan this week, we go back to a tight end, a Titan tight end. Okay. One of my favorite, you know, position groups to, to really dissect from a... Sunday was National Tight End Day, so that fits. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And this tight end, he played for a handful of coaches. He was, he was around for Jeff Fisher, Mike Munchak, Ken <laughs> Wizenhunt, Mike Malarkey. Okay. Oh, it was so bad. It was such a bad stretch. So, so this we look. This guy does. He deserves all the praise. He's been through it all. Craig Stevens. Okay. Ooh, good Craig, one. Craig Stevens caught six touchdowns in his Titans career. Do you want to know the quarterbacks? Oh gosh. Do I want to know? Like, I feel like I'm gonna. I'm only gonna get depressed. He caught six touchdowns from four different Titans quarterbacks: Vince Young, Kerry Collins. Matt Hasselbeck and Marcus Mariota. God be with you, Craig Stevens. Oh, my gosh. Matt, Matt Hasselbeck, low-key, one of my favorite Titans quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, he's definitely I, one of the baldest. Th- he definitely is, yeah. Uh, he's up there on the Mount Baltimore of Titans yeah. quarterbacks. I would say, um, yeah, great, great answer, Craig Stevens. That's a good one. Third-round draft pick in 08. 85th overall, great run blocking tight end. He uh, he helped Chris Johnson in his 2,000 yard season explode. Yeah. Uh, so so hey, Craig Stevens, put some respect on that man's name. Right. You could say CJ2K would not be where he is today, plotting uh, murders for other people uh, without the role of Craig Stevens. And we mentioned uh, the Mount Baltimore. Craig Stevens has one of the worst haircuts in football history. <laughs> All right. Now, normally Jack and I give, we share our remember the Titans with each other before the the podcast, just to make sure we're not hitting on the same guy. But I, I did not give Jack a heads up before this one, because I'm so, I'm so proud of this one. This is, <laughs> this is a good remember the Titans. You guys should right? seriously see the look on his face right now. <laughs> I'm He's so giddy. excited. My remember the Titan this week from the 2011 Titans. He signed with the Titans August 4th, 2011. I think we all remember where we were when we heard this news. Jordan Babineau. 
Babino, that's a good one. Oh my god. Jordan Babino. Now, if you're like, refresh my memory. Who's Jordan Babino? Well, let me let me do just that. In a game against the Cleveland Browns, you may remember Babino picked off Colt McCoy and returned the interception 97 yards for a touchdown. Uh pretty good. Pretty good, if you ask me. Jordan Babino. Now that's Babino spelled just like Jason Babin but with an E-A-U-X on the end. Like, uh, like he's some sort of, like he's like he's a LSU fan being cute. No, that's how he spells his name, Babino. More like Babin, yes, because he's awesome. He, uh, he re-signed with the Titans in March 2012 on a two-year deal worth up to $5 million. So, you know, he signs with the Titans August 4th, 2011. I remember that day better than I remember my own uh, wedding anniversary. Uh, how could you because not? Of Jordan Babino. He and then he resigns. He resigns the next year for two year deal because you know they're like, well, he picked off Colt McCoy, ninety seven yards. This guy's got to be worth at least two more years on this roster. But he was released the very next March, <laughs> uh, two thousand thirteen, and ended up retiring from the NFL after the twenty fourteen season. Now you probably lay awake at night wondering. What is Jordan Babino doing now? And and I get it because I do too. What I was about to ask you. Yeah. The number of times we've had to delay this podcast because Jack was just in in a cold sweat wondering what Jordan Babino and, and I'd have to talk him off the ledge and be like, <laughs> Jack, look, I know you're you're curious as to what Jordan Babino is doing right now. We will figure it out eventually, but now that we gotta record this podcast. Well, Jack, I'm glad to say I'm finally gonna tell you. He does the pregame and postgame Seahawks show for 710 ESPN in Seattle. What? Or at least he did during the 2015 season. I honestly can't tell you if he's doing or not. Yeah. So uh, Jordan Babineau is uh, my remember the Titans. That's a great one, Austin. I, I now realize you're, you're getting was, excitement. I felt good about that one. That was like, yeah, I felt good with that one in the uh, holster. Uh, before we get out of here, what's next? The Cincinnati Bengals are what's next. Now, you may be thinking, the Bengals, they suck. They haven't been good since Carson Palmer and Chad Ochocinco. And even and then, they weren't that good. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. They've, <laughs> they've won one playoff game. Or no, they haven't won a playoff game since 1992. So mm-hmm. how Marvin good Lewis. can they be? Um, but yes, these are not your Marvin Lewis Bengals. And I, I, I don't mean that as a diss or a compliment. Uh, they legit are, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL, but they're they have worse than the Marvin Lewis jingles. Yes. They have Joe Burrow. Obviously everyone knows that that's the only thing they talk about when the Bengals come to town. But I'll say this, the good news is good news for the Bengals, I guess, is at least they're not falling apart at the seams. Yeah. At least nothing, you know, no one's tweeting out the lineman substitutions, Geno Atkins. Uh, requesting trades, AJ Brown, or right. entire offensive lines being injured, like yeah. on Sunday's loss to the Cleveland Browns. Right, and like at least like those guys that are tweeting out uh, the you know the, uh, the 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 packages and and the intel for their team's defense. You know, like let's just say, give or take, like a Carlos Dunlap or something. At least those guys are not. Um, uh, you know, arguing with defensive line coaches uh, after the games, and uh, and then. Uh, and then subsequently putting their houses up for sale on both Twitter and Instagram by tweeting 
uh, about 6,000 square foot city view with huge balcony, four bedroom, four and a half bath in one of the best school districts for for sale. <laughs> do, do your market analysis and make me offer serious inquires only with proof of funds. Owner is willing to sell furnished or unfurnished. At least they're not doing that. Do we pool our money together and put an offer in on this house? I don't see why we shouldn't. I, I mean, think I've we could at wanted... least get like a bathroom or a bathtub. Sure. Who hasn't wanted to live in Cincinnati? <laughs> no, but the Bengals are seriously coming apart at the seams, as Austin alluded to. Who, Austin? Let me just ask you a quick question. What are the sure. three most important on the three most important positions on the offensive line? Uh, left tackle. Yes. R- right tackle. Correct. And center. Also correct. All three of those player positions for the Bengals will likely be compromised when the Titans head to Cincinnati. Jonah Williams had a neck injury at left tackle. Trey Hopkins, the center, has is in concussion protocol and right tackle. Bobby Hart injured his knee in Sunday's heartbreaking loss, thirty-seven to thirty-four, to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns made Baker Mayfield look like Joe Namath on Sunday. They did. They did. They did. And yeah, the best uh, the best medicine for a struggling Baker Mayfield was to play the Bengals when he did, because now he's got that swagger. Now we're starting to see him dance in locker rooms again, which is. Just annoying. I'm actually pissed at the Bengals. I hope the <laughs> Titans beat the Bengals just for making Baker Mayfield look good again. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, um, no offense to guards out there. Um, we do think you're important, especially in the Titans offense because you pull a lot. Saffold um, and Nate Davis, very important pieces. Right. We need those pulling guards on the run plays for uh, Derrick Henry. So no offense to them. We just, you know, if we had to, if we had to rank them. Um, yeah. So uh, look, I think. I don't think this is a game you need to like freaking worry about. I will say this, the the Bengals, I mean, it's the NFL. Any team can beat any team in any given Sunday. That's what they say. That's the, that's the saying and the Oliver Platt movie uh, or Oliver Stone movie. Uh, But I think the Titans take care of business. And I don't think Carlos Dunlop sells his house because he put it on Twitter and Instagram and not Zillow. Mm. Yeah. This is a game. It's going to sound funny, but, if Sunday had gone the other way, the ball had bounced the Titans way and the Titans end up beating the Steelers. I think this game is more of a concern than it is now. Why? Well, it's a look ahead spot. You just beat. You, if they had won, they they could have just come off a win against one of the best teams in the AFC. One of the only undefeated team besides the Titans in the AFC. Uh, this, this would create a look ahead situation. Well, the Titans lose in a close game in a tough battle against the Steelers. And some issues are pointed out, you know, the third down defense. We see A.J. Brown say, hey, maybe the loss is good so we can fix some of the things that were wrong that were just a little covered up by winning. And I think that that creates a situation where the Titans are going to come in angry. They're going to come in trying to play a perfect game, uh, win in all three phases of, of the football game and really put a complete performance together because they struggled in special teams last week. They struggled on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball continues to look amazing. But, you know, they need to get everything right. And this is a week where the Titans could get right. It, it, look, they get that pass rush going. They get some confidence in that defense that could really help going forward. You've got a, you've got a tough road ahead. You've got the Bears and Colts, Ravens, Colts. It's, it's a tough road. It's a tough stretch. But this is a game where you could really build some confidence and, and start putting things together for, for this run, you know, in November and December. Yeah, it's a rare road game for the Titans. But if they're going to go on the road, best to do it against the Bengals. And yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I think this is a, this is a game where it's just, hey, 
take your frustrations out and play well and get some mojo back, get some confidence back because confidence might be just as important as anything that these players have going for them. Obviously, you know, like scheme and all of that is important and everything, but sometimes you just need the confidence to know, okay, yeah, we are a good team. We are good. We're, you know, we're, we're good players. We're good athletes to get the job done. And so I think they gain a lot of that back this week against the Bengals. This is the Tighten Up Podcast. Guys, follow A to Z Sports at A to Z Sports on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on uh, insert social media channel here, Facebook. A to Z Sports, your one-stop shop for all things uh, Titans, for all things all Tennessee sports. Um, And follow my guy, Jack Gentry. Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. Great Twitter uh, follower. He, You know, he reminds me of the, the person who runs the A to Z Twitter account during uh, Titans games reminds me a lot of Jack because it's very funny, very witty, good, good tweets, great follow. Follow them both, A to Z Sports and Jack A Gentry. If yeah. you care to follow me, I'm at Austin Huff. Um, uh, he I, is a good Twitter follow. He actually is a good Twitter follow. He, uh, you're just he, saying that. Very active. Court to bats. Very watching. Very good as well. Um, oh, no, but but the Titans Twitter for A to Z. Look, I learned my lesson last week. I'm not going to jump the gun on Guskowski again. I the intern. The intern learned his lesson. That's last right. Week. That's right. And I punished right. him correctly. And yeah, he has no. not had food or water since Sunday. So, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, Check out a to z sports nashville.com. If you want to email us, email us at tighten up pod at a to z sports nashville.com. Jack, you got anything for the road? Four and a half stars for the tighten up idiots, half star for Buck. Rate, review, subscribe, go to Mill Creek. Yeah, yeah, t- guys, just follow the lead of Mitch 0956328325432543 and uh. Give us, uh, leave us a review and, and yeah. And let help us put Buck in his place. All right. Buck's great. We all know that. Like, well, we all get it. We love Buck. Okay. But let's help us like, kind of like goof him, help us prank him by, uh, flooding that, uh, flooding those ratings and reviews with just, uh, you know, taking him down a peg and raising the Titan of podcast. You guys are the best listeners in podcasts, and I say that, and I will say that and say it every week because you are, and you always come to our back, and you always have our back with everything. Getting uh, Young Buck played at Nissan Stadium, done. Uh, now, helping us now get our uh, Young Buck out of prison. Yes. Yeah, he got used in jail. But look, hey, we'll get him out, and we'll get him back on the pod. We'll talk all about it. Hashtag free Young Buck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so do four and a half stars, tighten up pod, uh, 0.5 stars for Buck, and uh, and then make sure you hashtag it free young Buck. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us. Hey, let's 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 get right this this Sunday, Titans. Let's get right. Let's beat the Bengals. And uh, until next week, tighten, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep